Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another exciting night of NBA basketball. With the first pick, the Detroit Pistons select Cade Cunningham from Oklahoma State University. Chandler again. Oh, what a block by Max Seal! My goodness! The Pistons are digging in. They got the depth. They got the big men. They got the better basketball team. No doubt about it. There's Jaden playing the passing lane. Sky's a jam. Pistons fans, welcome back to another edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast part of the Believe Network. I'm your host, Mike Angolano. Join me this week is Jasper Apollonia. Jasper, how are you doing, my friend? Oh, I'm, well, I'm doing better than the Pistons are, so I can't be doing that badly. But, you know, I'm doing great, Mike. It's it's wonderful to be on with you today. We, as always, have a lot to talk about, and I'm just excited to get into it, man. Let's do it. We certainly do. We have a lot to talk about. I haven't been on the podcast in a couple of weeks uh, I got to see all the Palace of Pistons crew up in Detroit as the uh, Cavs narrowly avoided what would surely be a disaster in losing to the Pistons, um, but also met Craig Monroe at a bar. So that was pretty interesting. Jasper, I don't know if you know this story, <laughs> um, but you may have seen it in the group chat. Wild. Um, so I have not been on since since that, which was all the way back on the second. Um, but we have a lot to talk about Pistons-wise. We're going to talk about Jalen Duran's injury. We're going to talk about the rotations. We're going to talk about Monty Williams learning how basketball works uh, with shooters. <laughs> We're going to talk about a conspiracy theory that you have um, that I think actually has some legs to it. So we're going to go ahead and get started. But before we do, I want to thank our sponsor for this week's episode, and that is Bet Online. All the major sports are in action this week with the college football playoffs ready to kick off. One of my favorite seasons is bowl season. I can't wait for the Pop-Tart Bowl or the Kraft Macaroni and Cheese Bowl. Um, seeing Iowa play uh, TCU or something at Yankee Stadium, it's, it's just a wonderful time um, to eat away uh, my work days. I... We'll probably do some betting, and I will certainly be using Bet Online. And I do that because Bet Online is your number one destination for all your sports wagering info, including news for pro football, the NBA, upcoming fights, and NHL games this season. So head on over to the website today, get into the action. We'll see all the updated odds for the week. Remember to use the promo code Believe B L E A V to get a fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use Bet Online. And that promo code is Believe B L E. A V for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use Bet Online. 
bet online where the game starts. Ooh, I can't wait to see my beloved Syracuse Orange in the Boca Raton Bowl down in uh, down in Florida. I'm I'm unfortunately going to be missing that one as well. I couldn't make it to the Pistons night with with the rest of the Palace of Pistons crew either. I, Craig Monroe, that's great. We we had two <laughs> two home run hitters in attendance, both him and Aaron Johnson. So oh yeah, that's... oh that is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> i knew you'd like that one mike that's, that's so it. good <laughs> uh not sure who hit it farther um but uh that that is awesome we were having so much fun at tin roof um getting shots from craig monroe he bought us fireball um are you serious oh yes i'm, oh, I'm really serious i'm really glad i didn't make it because me and fireball have a have a history reaching back to Syracuse that let's just say it's uh it, it's almost as a tumultuous relationship as my fandom with the Pistons <laughs> this year. Let's just say we've had our ups and downs. Yeah. I, I think every college student has a run in with fireball and I smelled it and I thought, Am I nineteen? Allegedly? Well, um, you were at Tin Roof, so <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> a lot of fun. Um yeah. He was uh he was having a lot of fun. Let's just put it that way. Um, and and Aaron was certainly hitting dingers. Um, but that's for uh, a story for maybe when Aaron is here so that he can tell it himself. Uh, we did pretty good play-by-play, though, in the group chat. Um, but let's go ahead and talk about the lovely Detroit Pistons who are still on a losing streak. Um, the lovely uh, people at Bet Online. Of course, the sponsors of the show uh, posted about <laughs> an over/under for the Pistons' losing streak at twenty-four and a half games. Um, the fact that we're talking about this is, you know, slightly um, concerning to say the least. Jasper, are you taking the over? Or are you taking the under on twenty-four and a half losses in a row for the Pistons? Well, let's let's just look at the schedule because that's what Pistons, I'm doing right now. The Pistons' next two games are against the 76ers. Those are both losses. They then face the Bucks, and they are at 20 games right now. That's 23. After that, they have the Hawks, the Jazz, and then the Nets back to back before they play the Boston Celtics. Now, I, look if we're if we're being honest with ourselves, they are not going to be favored in any of those games. Uh, I think we Nor can automat- I think we can automatically say this 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 losing streak is going to go to 23 games. It's the Hawks and Jazz games that get a little interesting to me. And and I think if I'm the folks at Bet Online, I think the Hawks game's probably a loss. The Jazz is the one that is the most winnable game they have coming up. I I'm going to say it. I oh god, I'm really backing myself into the corner. I think they win one of those one of those games. I think they beat one of the Hawks or the Jazz. And if they don't, I do think that they beat the Nets. The real question though becomes if they do lose to the Hawks and Jazz, can they beat the Nets to avoid setting the single season uh losing streak record, which is 26 games against the Nets? It's a home game, it's going to be tough. I do think they can win one of those three games. I don't know if they will beat 24 and a half. I do think 
that they are going to get a win though to avoid setting the single season mark. And and I think the folks at Bet Online have that down too. That's where I'm at. I, I do think they are going to win one of those those three games. Yeah. Um, I, think I, so I don't too. know where you're at, Mike. I, I wouldn't, you know, that being said, like, could I fault anybody that bets against them every single game no. the rest of the way? Like bets against the money line the rest of the way. I, I can't. Um No. No. And you're right in that Atlanta and Utah are, are the most vulnerable right off the bat. And I really don't think that Brooklyn is is very good either. Um that Hawks game is an away game. The Jazz at home on the 21st. I'm trying to see the Jazz schedule to see if they have a – if that's a back-to-back for them. I mean, e- either way, Utah is kind of in a weird funk. They've dealt with a lot of injuries. They were kind of good last year, but they didn't really know why John Collins is hurt. Um I think it's definitely possible that they beat the Jazz and stop the winning, or I'm sorry, stop the losing streak rather at at uh, you know right then and there. That'd be what twenty five. That'd be twenty four. Twenty four. Um, yeah, you know, I, that's a that's a close one. I I might take the under. I have a little bit of confidence in being able to beat Utah at home, mostly because I think the Pistons are starting to play. I don't want to say better, but you know it's it was hard to be playing worse. That Memphis Grizzlies loss, I really thought that was going to be the win, and then I thought after the banged up Orlando Magic were coming in into town, I thought, oh, here's the win. Nope, didn't didn't happen. Um, but I, I think they are playing. I mean, they definitely played better last night against Indiana. Overall, I, I was rewatching parts of that game. You know, Bened- Benedict Mathrin just kind of went off <laughs> uh which stings a little bit more because he's a wing that the pistons could definitely use right now but i thought they did a pretty good job on tyrese halliburton they kind of did what the lakers did in the in-season tournament they you know they double teamed him they forced him to make decisions quickly and you know while he is an excellent decision maker um and and he did hurt them with with uh, assists i think you're willing to take that gamble just because of the supporting cast around him um so no, I think they're playing okay basketball. Um, certainly a little bit more competitive than some of those other games. I really thought they were going to beat the Cavs. But let's let's talk about some of the uh, nuances of the roster right now, starting with Jalen Duran, uh, who has dealt with an ankle injury for most of this season. I don't know if he came back necessarily early, Um but I will say that, you know, the first three quarters against the Cavs, sitting there in person, I thought, oh, he looks fine. He was getting up and down the floor. Um, he was on the receiving end of alley oops. I thought he, you know, I thought he played pretty well. Um, he called <laughs> he called George Niang a bitch. Uh <laughs> seemed like everything was going okay, and, and then he re-injured, <laughs> re-injured that ankle. Um, it, it looked like he was a little hobbly in the maybe the fourth quarter. Um but Jalen Durham, he is hurt, unfortunately. Again, I think they say he's going to be reevaluated in two weeks, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Let me go ahead and pull up the actual press yeah, release. Yeah, it, 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 was, it was two weeks. Um, yeah, it's two weeks. And, 
And I think for me, looking at it, like you, you said, I'm not sure if they brought him back too soon. I, I certainly think they have. Uh, Aaron and I have talked about it on the podcast in the last couple of weeks. He just has not had that kind of explosiveness that you're looking for him. It's, and I don't mean like, obviously, he, <laughs> the guy can still dunk. He can still run. However, I think laterally, and that's really where you've seen it. You even saw it last year when he was struggling with ankle injuries. Um, his lateral quickness has has definitely been an issue. And it's been a big reason why, not just because that's how Monty Williams plays defense. It, they've been playing so much drop coverage with him. You've been seeing him fall off in terms of those weak side blocks. I just don't think he has that that quick twitch explosiveness laterally, especially. And for me, like you said, two weeks, but I really, really Mike, we've discussed it on this podcast for a long time. The ankle thing is a real thing with Jalen Duran. It's oh, a yeah. real thing. Like we are now in season two of him struggling with these, not just having one, but like reoccurrences of, of these ankle injuries and them really having a, a detrimental effect on his ability to play defense, which is the number one reason why you have Jalen Duran in there, even you know more so than his ability to uh, pass a little bit and of course you know play pick and roll with Kate Cunningham I, I just think that like it's it's an issue right now and they need to hold him out until he is fully healthy I know you want to win games but at this point the season's already over let's let's not kid ourselves you need to make sure Jalen Duran's angles are healthy and that you're setting him up for success not just for the rest of this year but moving forward as well yeah I mean bigs with Foot problems is it's not new. It's not uncommon. He had an ankle problem last year, like you already said. And what are you really gaining by playing him out there? You already know, based on his time on the court, that he is your starting center of the future. I don't think you're necessarily gaining anything other than, you know, he gets to play with the other probable starters alongside him and build up that chemistry. But other than that, you're not you're not going to like have your season derailed by not having Jalen Dern out there or even having him out there. You need him to be healthy for the long run. He's only 20 years old. I guess it gives the Pistons some time to showcase their other two bigs to hopefully trade them, you know, but you know, ahead of the deadline. I mean, Bagley has been playing okay, but of course then he gets hurt. Wiseman is what Wiseman is. And we've talked about that to death on this show. And despite all of that and all of the play, he still has a you know an ardent group of supporters um, saying that it's not his fault. It's true. The Pistons are not bad because of James Wiseman. The Pistons are not bad because of Isaiah Stewart. The Pistons are bad for myriad of reasons. Um, so you know, I guess it allows the centers to get some time. It allows some Stewart the five ball, even though I'm have no desire to see that uh, a whole lot more um, based on. Some of the shooting numbers that, again, we've talked about on this show. It's disappointing that Duran is going to be out for, I mean, it's going to be more than two weeks. He's not being reevaluated until another two weeks. So one would assume this will stretch well into January. You know, if he needs to get some sort of conditioning level met by the time he comes back to the court. Um, it's disappointing because he is a fun, young, key player for this organization moving forward in another season where you're evaluating guys to see what's going to stick beyond this upcoming season. Pistons have a lot of expiring contracts. 
it 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 it's just disappointing. It's disappointing. You have anything else on Durham before we move on to some of the bigs that have replaced him slash rotations that Monty Williams is throwing out there? Well, yeah, I think that this actually kind of goes into our next topic in terms of Monty Williams rotations and the bigs. If there is one, and I even hesitate to use this phrase, but one silver lining to, to both Duran and Marvin Bagley being out, it's that it has forced Monty Williams to abandon these two big lineups. And yes, you and I, I think, are both in agreement. Isaiah Stewart as a starting center is less than ideal. However, going just one big and and being able to play Stewart at the five instead of the four, I do think it is preferable to the alternative, which is what the Pistons have been rolling with throughout this season. Um I thought last night, especially, I know you looked at the highlights. I did watch the whole game. I thought, especially in the first half, Cade Cunningham was able to find so much more space going to the rim and being able to finish just because the floor was spaced, at, at least at all. Um, and and even though Stewart does not provide you with that pick and roll threat, and I think that that was a big reason why eventually the, the Pacers were able to kind of settle in a little bit defensively. We know that they are not a good defensive team. We know that like they are going to allow teams, even a team with an offense as inept as the Pistons, to score points against them. But I thought that that really, you know, putting Asar at the four, something that you and me and Aaron have been begging for since preseason, I thought that it looked pretty good, at least for the first half. In the second half, there was issues. And of course, also a big part of that was like Boyan Bogdanovich just not playing very well last night on the offensive end of things. I thought that that was honestly more than anything else. What really cost them any chance at winning that game was was Boyan just not hitting open threes. It, it was kind of a killer for them. You look at that, they lost the game by eight. You know, he hits two of those open threes we're talking about a very, very different looking fourth quarter, I think, for Detroit. So when I think about the the, the Duran issue and the Bagley issue, <clears throat> excuse me, and more so what Detroit's rotations are looking like, if there is one silver lining, it's that now Monty Williams has to go a little bit smaller and has to try Asara at the four offensively um, and, and has to play Isaiah Stewart as a true center. So if there's one positive to it, that's it. Uh, Mike, I'm interested what you think in, in terms of the Pistons finally going small and perhaps even more what Monty Williams' statements were at the end of that game in regards to spacing. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content, and Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Well, uh, it's nice of him to acknowledge that, in fact, you do need spacing in today's NBA to be successful. And that's not to say that the Pistons are good at doing that. They don't have the personnel to be a properly spaced team. But, 
you know, we talked about this in the preseason. If you're going to have Cade Cunningham and you're going to have Jaden Ivey and you're going to have Jalen Duran, you're going to need shooting. And Asar Thompson is not a shooter. He did hit a corner three yesterday. Looked pretty good. Jake Rogers uh, in our group chat noted that it looked like his release point was higher. I, you know, did not compare that, but it's nice to see him hit the corner three. If he can do that, he can, you know, that's that's at least a a, a weapon that spaces the offense out and it puts him within a role on the offense. Aside from being, you know, a high flyer, he's able to finish dunks. He's able to handle alley-oops. He's super athletic. We talked about Asar Thompson at the four going into the season, and I think you were the most ardent supporter of it, that it makes the most sense, even if you don't have the spacing necessarily. But as long as you have Bogdan, as long as you have Boyan Bogdanovich at the three, keeps the offense a little bit more uh, spread out. So Cade does have room to operate. And you're right, it was noticeable in the first half. He wasn't getting clogged in the paint with four defenders running directly at him as soon as he got into the paint, forcing him to kick it out to a shooter that you know is not a knockdown guy. It was very noticeable. Um, I am disappointed it took Monty Williams this long to get to that point. Um, it makes me question how long he's been around the game of basketball. Uh, um, because it says here he was playing it, in the 90s. So, Well, certainly looks very 90s uh, to see <laughs> Isaiah Stewart uh, post-ups and, and whatnot. That just makes me want to hit my head against my screen. Um, it, it's encouraging that he recognizes the need for spacing. And again, he has not been exactly dealt the best hand from an injury perspective with Joe Harris and Bogdanovich missing significant amounts of time. Isaiah Livers missed a significant amount of time. I mean, the jury's still out on Livers in terms of what he's going to be able to provide long-term, but there's no question that in a vacuum, he's one of your key wings and he's one of your key shooters. Um, So I, you know, I can't, I guess I can fault him to an extent for other things like the double big thing, but He's kind of been forced into a corner with all of these injuries. Um, and Cade has really suffered as a result of that. I mean, he's, he still gets his, but man, even just watching Bogdanovich come back against the Cavs, you could instantly see the offense looked like a modern offense. The Cavs had to spread out. They couldn't crowd the paint with their double bigs. It looked like it worked. Um, and that's really what we've been just hoping for the last... You know, you know, week or two weeks, really the whole season, to be honest. We've just been looking for reasons to see or think that this offense is able to work as constructed. And there's there's a lot of issues still, but turns out putting shooters in a lineup of a you know a heliocentric passer makes some sense. It it leads to more opportunities on offense. And they missed a lot of open threes, like you said. Bogdanovich missed open threes. You know, that changes the game entirely, um, especially yeah. down the stretch. A hundred percent. And it was really noticeable in the fourth quarter. There was, I, I believe he had two really good looks that he just, he needed to hit in order to get the Pistons into a position where they could win that game. And, and he just wasn't able to do it. Uh, you know, the Joe Harris thing, to me, that's a nothing. He was a healthy scratch last night and I had, no issue with it. I thought Isaiah Livers played okay. 
Uh, there's still too many defensive miscommunications, especially between him and Isaiah Stewart. But, uh, you know, they, the, they gave up, I believe, three different backdoor cuts because they did not properly switch uh, defensively. And that's a killer as well. But one other thing in regards to Stewart playing the five it is not just that it helps Kate Cunningham, I think, with spacing. I, I think it's also good for Asar Thompson. Asar scored 20 points last night on 10 shots. Uh, he was eight of 10 from the floor. He was extremely effective offensively. And we talk about spacing as shooting, I think, too exclusively sometimes. And and I'm guilty of it myself. But spacing is not just shooting. It's, it's also, I mean, shoot, it's spacing. It's where the space is on the floor. And when Isaiah Stewart is playing the five, because he's not a big-time rim threat, he does hold out on the three-point line a lot. And what that does, especially when Cade has a little bit more room to operate inside and teams are going to double, triple-team him in the post, you saw it last night, that opens up a lot for the Pistons' cutters, especially Asar Thompson. And I believe he got three, maybe four easy open looks, dunks on cuts to the rim. So when the Pistons go away from that two-big lineup, it doesn't just open up space for Cade to get to the rim. It also opens up space for Asar Thompson to cut to the rim. And you don't need him to be a super knockdown three-point shooter as long as teams have to put some sort of attention on Isaiah Stewart. And, and when they do triple team, that there is still space inside of the lane for Asar Thompson to cut to the rim. So I think, I mean, shoot, it, you know, on one hand, like I said, it's, it's heartening to say here, Monty Williams say, hmm, maybe we should have some spacing. It's a little disheartening that he's figuring that out 23 games into the season, but oh well, here we are. Um, I think you're also seeing a little bit more from Cade recently. Look, Cade's last 10 games, 23 points, four rebounds, seven assists, steal and a half. And, and the important thing is 45.5% from field goal range, almost 40% from three. And, and that's even including last night when he went one of six from outside. So I think that that increased efficiency kind of goes hand in hand with what we've been saying. The Pistons getting a little bit more healthy, finding a little bit more space on the interior. And now you're able to see Kate Cunningham, what he can do. Last night, three turnovers to what? Seven assists. That is just, that's what you need to see from him. Do you necessarily want him taking 21 shots? No. Would you like to see him to get to the free throw line more than zero times? Absolutely. But the fact that he was able to find space inside, that he was able to find those easy dump offs, I think that that speaks to what the Pistons need to be prioritizing right now. They need a Sar Thompson on the floor for his cutting. They, they do still need Isaiah Stewart out there. Uh, even though the, you know, the, the Pacers really went at him defensively last night. I mean, it was noticeable. They really went after him and Asar. They were trying to get those switches onto Miles Turner and beat up Asar in the post, which was pretty effective, unfortunately. Um, but you're seeing a little bit more of those signs of life that you just, you need to have if, if you want to win a game, I mean, that's where we're at right now, but these are the sort of looks and the sort of actions and the sort of lineups that Monty Williams needs to be throwing out there. Obviously it's not great. They are really struggling, especially in the clutch. 
You saw it in the in the back end of the first half and the back end of the second half. I mean, Mike, we, we're going to move on, but here's here's a crazy stat for you. The NBA, if you don't know, defines clutch time as the final five minutes of a game when the score is within five points. The Pistons have played 29 clutch minutes this season. In those 29 minutes, they have an offensive rating of 61 and a net rating of negative 55. Their, their effective field goal percentage, which is your your um, uh, you know threes and your twos put together, right. 22.7%. The overall NBA league average this year, 54.1%. So their, their offense is completely cratering. Uh, you know, NBA uh, um, offensive ratings this year are like, I believe the average one is like 115. So their offensive rating is basically like half as good as the average NBA offense in the final five minutes of close games. That's really what's killing them right now. And they need to find an answer for that because I've seen, especially over the last couple of games, we're going to leave out the, the loss to the Orlando Magic. But in the other times of those games, they've been able to compete. And if they can figure out an answer for that clutch, they might be able to start putting together a couple of wins coming up. Well, that stat certainly checks out with the eye test because watching fourth quarters and just watching meltdown after meltdown, uh, it certainly seems, I mean, that is a horrendous effective field goal percentage. Horrendous. And, you know, you talked about here's what you have to do to get a win. You just have to play your good players to get a win. I mean, Joe Harris was a healthy scratch yesterday. And there's no reason to believe that he's better than Isaiah Livers is right now. Livers certainly gives you a little bit more defensively and from a length perspective. But they got to just, I mean, he he being Monty Williams just has to play his good players. This weird Jaden Ivey back and forth, this Wiseman off the bench instead of Bagley that happened like for two games that we didn't know any reason why it happened. You just have to play your good players. And I, it's just hard to say he's putting them in good positions to succeed while on the court. I mean, we talked about Cade having zero spacing. We talked about Isaiah Stewart being asked to do far too much than what he's capable of. You know, as a as a, a stretch four, um, he's he's just not he's just not able to do that. Spacing is you know being a like a stretch four is much more than being able to make and take shots. It's are people going to defend him? Um, which it's very clear that they're not. They're not moved by it at all. Um, in that Cavs game. Evan Mobley did not even flinch when Isaiah Stewart went to take a corner three. He didn't even move. He immediately turned his back and went up for the rebound. It's just those those little those little things. Um, we talked a little bit about Stu at the five in the off season as you know as being a viable option, and seeing it actually happen with the spacing around with you know with Bogdanovich back and Cade Cunningham. Um, it it definitely looked more like he was figuring out he being Monty again was figuring out how to put these players in a better position to succeed. 
But his post-game comments leave me wondering, uh, did he even want to coach at all, or did Tom Gores just throw so much money at him it was impossible to say no? Because some of those comments are eye-popping of like, huh, what what exactly did you think was happening out there? Um, Jasper, you have a conspiracy theory. We talked a little bit about it in the group chat. I think it has some legs to it. It's like reverse money ball um, where Billy Bean was just getting rid of Carlos Pena, so he had to play Scott Hatterberg. Um, it's This is like the reverse of that. Uh, uh, do you want to explain your Troy Weaver, Monty Williams dastardly plan? Yeah, 100%, man. I love a good conspiracy theory because this is where we're at in this season. Look, after the game... And look, you said, hey, did Monty Williams take it for the money? Shoot, he said at his introductory press conference, he took the job for the money. Um, you know, he Monty Williams after the game, and he got a lot of flack for this because people went, what the heck is this guy talking about? He said, we're starting to figure out that we can score when we space the floor properly. I'm learning about these guys and, and talking about using a Sar Thompson as a roller more often, which totally I'm super into. I think you should put uh, good athletes in space with a full head of steam. I think that that's a good idea, uh, especially when they're going to the rim. Those comments to me almost seemed like a shot at the front office and Troy Weaver. Look, we know Monty Williams was not Troy Weaver's guy. That was not the coach that Troy Weaver wanted. And while we can talk about Monty Williams' lineup decisions, the players he has to work with were not picked by him. They were picked by Troy Weaver. So when I see comments like that, one, there is, of course, the thought, does he know what the heck he's talking about? But two is, is this a shot at Troy Weaver and saying, hey, look, you didn't give me players to space the floor with, you know, OK, you want to play. You wanted two big lineups. Here's all your two big lineups. Here's what our offense looks like with two bigs. Now I don't have any bigs to play. Let me show you what an offense looks like with one big. And when there is space, um, I think to me, there is, yeah, I, I, I would not be surprised whatsoever if Monty Williams looks at it and says, I have way, I'm not going anywhere. It doesn't matter if I throw 20 games this season, I'm not getting fired, but you know who might the guy who put this roster together. So when I see those comments, I am not of the belief that Monty Williams does not know how to coach an NBA team. I am not of the belief that he doesn't understand what spacing is. I'm not so sure Troy Weaver understands what spacing is. I'm not so sure Troy Weaver understands how to put together a proper roster. So to me, I think that there is a very good chance that what Monty Williams has been doing is proving a point these last couple of weeks that he's been given a team that cannot run a competent offense with the roster that's been put together. Mike, how do you feel about my little, uh, my, my little front office intrigue, if you will? You know, this team is just weird enough to where it's believable, to be honest. Um, I don't know if we'll ever know exactly how the head coaching search went. I know when we were podcasting about it, we were all very confused as to what exactly Detroit was going to do. Kevin Ali seemed like the front runner um, by far. And then all of a sudden it flipped and there was this weird 
you know, silent period of where nothing was happening. And then Monty Williams comes out with the, at the time, the richest contract in NBA coaching history. And there's reason to believe that Troy Weaver was not pleased with that. It's uh, kind of strange how it all sort of came together. And Tom Gores is that kind of owner to, you know, step in and make something happen, which oftentimes is the wrong choice, but you know, it's just kind of what you get with him. I think it's got legs. I think, I think there's, there's a non-zero chance that that is exactly what's happening is Monty Williams is just playing the players he has at his disposal and is kind of saying, Hey, none of these, none of this fits. You handed me puzzle pieces from eight different puzzles. I can't put a picture together I can only kind of smash things together and just see what happens. Um, and by going small like this, you know, the offense looked a whole lot better. The defense, like you said, it was kind of kind of punished a bit on switches. Miles Turner had a pretty big game. But, you know, overall, um, I think this conspiracy theory has, uh, has some roots to it. And it wouldn't surprise me if uh, there was some truth to it. And Mike, what were outside of Asar Thompson, Troy Weaver's two big offseason acquisitions, Joe Harris and Marcus Sasser, the only two players who were healthy scratches for the Pistons last night. Yep, that's Just a good saying. point. Just saying, it's a I, good point. I, you know what I mean? I think that there there is absolutely. I, again, I'm not saying this is true. I don't have sources, but if you're looking at it from that perspective. Him making the only two healthy scratches, the guys that Troy Weaver went out and got this offseason in order to, quote, unquote, space the floor. I, I think that there is something to that. Yep, I think there is something to it, too. Um, I mean, Joe Harris was the uh, offseason acquisition to use up all of the cap space. So that was like the prized possession, uh, whatever that's worth. Um Jasper, do you have any thoughts, uh, you know, before we close out this edition of the podcast, we're making it a little bit of a quick hitter. You know, I th- think we got to all of our topics and got to them pretty succinctly. You know, are are we going to be looking at this time next week? Are we going to be looking at a uh, a Pistons team that actually has a, a, a win, a new win? Well, no, because they face the Bucks and the 76ers twice. And I I don't know. When do they play the, the Hawks? That's Monday the 18th. You know, they, they just, might. They might. Thursday is the game against the Jazz. So chances are the next time we're Ooh. recording, it'll be right before that Jazz game. Mike, I pray to you that we are not going into that Jazz game with with our good friends at Bet Online uh, sweating out <laughs> the line there. I really hope we're not, but it's it's going to be tough. My guess is no. We are still going to be talking about a losing streak, but. Hopefully, in two weeks, they will have a win. Because <laughs> if not, then congratulations to your record-setting Detroit Pistons. Record-setting. You know, we always uh, set out to break records. We just didn't really think that it would end up like this. Um, I heard uh, I, I heard Aaron I Johnson didn't. I heard Aaron Johnson set a record at Tin Roof. But that, that's oh, a he comment. did. Hall of Fame numbers. <laughs> <laughs> uh at least at least somebody involved with this organization is getting a win uh yes yeah oh definitely definitely uh <laughs> um yeah we'll have to have aaron you know explain himself but it was it was a good time um uh, 
And you know what else was a good time? This podcast was a good time. And with that being said, we're going to wrap up this edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast. I'd like to thank my co-host, Jasper Apollonia, for joining me. Um, and I'd like to thank our sponsor for this week, and that is Bet Online. Um, again, you could use our promo code Believed, fifty percent off your well, fifty percent off, fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use Bet Online. For Jasper Apollonia, I'm Mike Angolano. Thank you so much, so much for joining us on this edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast, part of the Believe Network, and we will see you all next time. Introducing Wondersweep from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite.